Hello, this is The Tribe Stories, the curated sermons, conversations, and collections of poetry of the Tribe Lagos. May this refresh and revive you as you listen. Amen. See, the presence of God, there is something called fullness of joy. So, one of the places in, in one of the indications of knowing that God is present in us is the presence of joy. And joy, joy is not a circumstantial thing. So it's not tied to an external event. So you're not joyful because they increase your pay. You're not joyful because you are in love. But we're always in love. So it's not, joy is not an event. Joy is an inside job. So, you know, some people are just waiting for the, the guy to show or the babe to show so that they can start joy. No, that's not actually to joy now before they come so that they will not be your source of joy. You give them when they come. So guys, this morning, uh, we've been on this interesting conversation of just trying to understand how the gospel calls us out of certain things in culture to a place of freedom. So we see culture. Culture has traps and captivity. The gospel becomes an invitation to journey away from captivity into, into freedom. So if your, your journey of the gospel is not one that is bringing you out of captivity into freedom, it's unlikely that you're hearing the right gospel. The truth is that Jesus qualified it. He says, truth has come to set us free. So the consequence of truth is freedom. And perfect love casts away what? All fear. So the presence of fear is unlikely that you're hearing the right gospel. In fact, fear is a symptom that something is still in your life that is not meant to be there. When Adam and Eve fell, ate what they should not eat. The first response was shame and fear. Up until the time they ate the fruit, there was no reckon of, of shame or fear. Because shame and fear are all unnatural to the created human spirit. So you learn shame, you're not born with it. You learn fear, you're not born with it. Right? So this morning, we're talking about how to live real in a complex world. I struggled with complex. I actually wanted to see how to live real in a shallow world. But you know, someone said, well, let's not call the world shallow. The world is deep. So we said, okay, how to live real in a broken world? Said, no, well, let's not go negative. So let's just keep it complex. Complex is rich. Everything is complex. So you can't, you can't just, you can't, broken is just one strand. Complex is there. So we're starting this morning by first, from 1 first John 2, 1 John 2, verse 15. Mr. Paul is around this morning. If anyone, I'm so sorry about that. <laughs> All right. Okay, come back. Praise, praise the Lord. God has revelation. I don't know what that means. <laughs> First John chapter 2, verse what, sir? 15. Praise the Lord Jesus. Mm. First John 2, 15. It reads, and I quote... Okay, okay, sorry, before we start reading, let me give you guys the context. Um, I read a report from the United States of America in the last, um, you see why we need a bigger church? Some guests are here and they're not far apart. So we read this report in America that in the last 10 years, suicide rate has increased by 54%. In only in America. In America, they keep stats. Nigeria, nobody starts, you just even, till now, we don't even know if people died of COVID, though. 
Yes, some, some people, every, it's just that if you don't understand it, you just say, maybe you, you know. So, but there they have stats. Do you know the population of Nigeria? Nobody. No, I heard some, somebody, recently somebody said we are 215 million. Another person said we are 250 million. One said we are 180 million. Please, 180 and 250 million is too far now. So the margin of error cannot be a nation. You understand? Ghana alone. Is just, so your margin of error, that means things are missing. But, you know, so the, there is a sense that we don't value that. But I'm, when Americans will tell you things like 54% um, suicide rate has increased, people are killing themselves. And this is a world of tech utopia. You know, there are some people that believe in tech utopia. That tech will perfect the world. So right now, apits. Even love has been tenderized. I don't know if you guys are going there, but the house of the Lord is full of beautiful sisters. This is the thing that there is. But, well, apart from the tenderization of love, right, um, and there are many more. So it's not just one app. There are many other apps. So what you're finding is that people go to Tinder thinking technology has provided Tinder, but the people in that Tinder are still the same traumatized human beings you are yet to encounter. So technology may bridge the distance, but it doesn't solve the human complexities. Mm. So people that are aiming for tech utopia, like Elon Musk, man, it's, it's ginger, is that tech will perfect the world. There is no perfecting of the world by tech. So at the end of the day, tech opens up something. First of all, it was that they gave us tech to connect the world. Mark Zuckerberg would tell you my dream of Facebook was so that people can connect. It was about connecting people. Right now, what we are finding is that people are in a world of their own. So people can actually be in, friends are hanging out, but they are not hanging out. Mm. Yeah, they are hanging out on their phone in a crowd. So sometimes when I'm sitting with friends, I say, everybody submit your phone, submit your phone, so that we can all be present. You understand? You don't want to live fragmented lives. But what we are saying here is that there is something happening in the world today. Depression has tripled in the last 10 years. Mm. Why, is, why is it that our own generation are more traumatized or depressed than our parents? Our parents didn't have that much love. They didn't have social media. Maybe short time and I have to do something with it here. But they didn't have social media. So if our own depression, as a generation, depression is on the increase, the, the question is why? We have more money. We have crypto. You understand? You only spend Naira when you want. Naira crashes and rise. Nobody cares. You understand? Because the world has provided alternative. But my point is, even with the crypto, you are depressed. You bought it in 2017. It's in blue with no contribution of yours, not even prayer. But it still doesn't solve the questions of your heart. So some of us are waiting, thinking, I need a better job. If you know the job, the people in Lagos that are depressed with jobs that are well-paying, you know that the answer is not in a higher-paying job. Because you enter a higher-paying job, you meet trauma. People that their lives only depend on that job. So the question is, why do you postpone, outsource your sense of meaning, waiting for an opportune moment to come? So today we're going to be talking about something I, I just call it the pyramid of love. Or maybe the pyramid of meaning. So just keep it at the back of your mind. You know, there was somebody that came up with something called Abraham Maslow. For those of you, he came up with something called um, the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? So I'm sort of like following the pattern of thinking to create a parallel called the pyramid of love. So let's dive in. We're starting this morning from 1 John 2.15. Then we go. Okay, praise the Lord. I'm reading from the NL, NLC version. It says that do not love this world, nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in okay, you. Okay, pause for a second. Who can quote John 3.16? For God so loved the world that he gave his only okay. begotten son. Keep it, keep it, keep an eye on that one. For God so loved 
the world. Now, First John two fifteen is saying something: Do not love the world. Have you seen such paradox in the Bible? Mm. Are we loving it or not loving it? How can you love it, Lord, and ask us to hate it? You get the point. Mm -hmm. So keep in mind, what is the tension here? What's the contradiction? What's the paradox? Jesus, God is saying, I saw God so loved the world, he gave. And here, John is writing, my brother, be careful. Do not love the world. So is it possible that they are speaking of the same world or a different world? Mm -hmm. Let's process. Dive. Okay, uh, verse 16. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see and the pride of our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from this world. And this world is fading away along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. forever. Okay, guys, so now let we, let's get into what is the pyramid of love. I have an interesting phrase in the first chapter you read. Okay. And it says here, Okay, if, if you read in any translation, it's very close, but in the TPT it says, don't set, the, don't set the affections of your heart on this world, one, or in loving the things of this world. Now, see where I pick my first crocs from. It says the love of the Father and the love of the world are incompatible. Hmm. So keep in mind, it says the love of the Father and the love of this world are incompatible. Now, English people, where is gift them? All these people have English. You know, it's English preposition can change it. So that's why the Nigerians will say but and, you know, because you don't know the one where it will go. So just put the but and and but. My point is, if we change that um, the love of God from and say things like the love for God, is there a difference? So what's the difference between the love for God and the love of God? Because he's not saying, oh, gift your hair. He's not saying the, the, the love of God and the love for God. What's the difference? Okay, unpack. Attributes of God. Okay. Then when you say love for God, it means there's a subject matter like I love God, so I okay. I have love for God. Okay. So God is receiving the love. I'm the one giving giving the love. That, okay. That's love Fantastic. for God. Yeah. So in the first scenario, you are the the love, the love love of God. You are the recipient. God is the originator. In the love for God, you are the originator. God is the recipient. Now, do you know, in these two paradigms, are two different Christianity. Do you know that? So, I'll tell you why Christians are, because even the rate of divorce is as high in the church as seen in the world. Now, this thing, the rate of suicide, actually, depression is even high, as high in the church, although it's America. America, you know, but... <laughs> Yeah, but you know, Nigeria, I, because we, you people don't, even if they do monkey survey, please fill the poll. When last, were you depressed? Nigeria said, what is depression? Like, the, the, every, you know, because we have a lot of mental people around. So, whether you are only driving through Lagos, as a driver is driving, you are thinking, Baba, are you okay? You know, now I know. Before, I used to really think, when people are saying, oh, where, where, are you mad? I used to think, why are people so, but quite that thing, say, are, are you mad? Like, it's a question that should be polite. <laughs> No, it should be polite because, no, the truth is that, no, the truth is that, you don't turn out to cost, but if you are polite about it, it's, a, it's, compassion, it's compassion, you know. So, just, yeah, they are just not saying, um, I know, I, I, well, I don't know, one has to be politically correct, but, you know, if you say, are you mad, 
Or, are you okay? It's, it's not the same thing. One is close. Oh, yeah. But my point is, at the end of the day, in, in America, what we are seeing is that the tension in the world and the tension in the church is not very different. So let's even track what the greed will look like. If you begin with the first, the first type of, there are two ways to begin life. When Paul was saying that, um, renew your mind out of the world into, out into the culture of the gospel, he was establishing two things. So I would try and create three pyramids, right? Um, the first pyramid, this is what it is. In this pyramid of the world, what we have found in many instances is that um, there is a lack of awareness of the presence of love. Please, let me be careful with my choice of words. I didn't say there is a lack of love. I said there is rather a lack of the, or there is a, there is a lack of awareness of the presence of love. Because love cannot be present. People are not just aware of the love. You understand? So it's not the absence. There is an, a lack of awareness. What people are suffering from is not the absence of it. It's the lack of the, the awareness is not there. The consciousness that you are in love. The same thing if we talk about union. You cannot be on union with God, even sinners. You understand? So it's not the absence of union, but it's actually the lack of awareness of the presence of union. Right? That creates all the tension. So the, way, the first principle is that every man was created from love. So we, we establish here that God did not say, as big as God is, God did not say, I am truth. But in a sense, God is truth. He didn't say, I am um, um, I, I'm joy. Or he didn't say God is truth. He said, I am truth. He didn't say God is, um, God is peace, but he's peace. But with love, he said, God is love. Like he didn't quantify it as an attribute. He didn't describe it as an attribute. So truth is an attribute of God. It's an expression of God. But when it comes to love, God did not say, uh, it becomes the essence of God. So mercy, God has mercy, is merciful. But God didn't say God is mercy. He said God is merciful. God, you know, truth is something God is and has. But he said God is love. So in the same moral equivalence, if God is love, love is God. Yeah. Right? If you flip it in moral equivalence, in language, Right again, challenges that we have ideas of love that are, that are not even the realm of love we're talking about. So hold space that your definition of love needs to upgrade yes, sir. while we're on this journey. Yes, sir. Well, let's pause for a second. So here is what it is. Everyone, when it, what we see in God is God was not revealed to us as a monolithic God or a monotistic God. So the Christian God is not one. The Christian God is one in three persons. How that mystery packs for you is very interesting. But what we see here is, in the Muslim understanding of God, God is one. So the Muslim God is one God in one person. And that's why in the Muslim theology, love is not something that is easily seen or felt or heard. They can talk of peace, but not necessarily of love. The Christian understanding is that we, we see God revealing himself, one God in three persons. For love to be love, love has to be shared. And because God exists in this endless circle of love, love is the essence of what it is. So God, the Trinity, is held by a bond of love. If you tear into the essence, love flows. In fact, all of creation is an outward expression of love. Love by nature does not stand still. Love rushes towards the object of love. So that's why God cannot stay and watch man die. Because love by nature pushes towards his own. Right? So love, if you see a, a real father... I told you how the other day I put a jazz bomb. Because I saw my second son, he was trying to use um, the mouth of a laptop to scratch his, his gum. 
You understand? I was just descending from the stairs, guys. So it was just one swift moment. Like I pulled this way. The next night, and I was close to him. <laughs> like, trust me, guys. This is... You, you, you should come sign, sign me up for some um, for superhero movie. But the point is, guess what? The father's love cannot stand the destruction of his, of, of, his, of his object of love. So I rushed and took that thing from him just so quickly. My point is, that's the nature of God. So one thing you understand is, when God said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness, God was speaking to it. That's why if you go to Ephesians 1, Ephesians 1 from 4, 5, if, uh, who is there? You can give us that. When God was saying that it was, we were adopted. Let's look at that scripture. Ephesians 1. I think what you get to from Ephesians 1, 4, 5. Even before he made the world, God loved us. And he chose us in Christ to be holy without fault in his eyes. Now, please keep an eye on this thing. Like, even before the world, God loved us. So God did not make us to serve him. God made us to, so he could love us first. Because everything that we do for God is a response of the love we have received. So we don't do to end the love. We do because we are loved. Now, when he says in, I think that scripture in Jeremiah says, I have loved you with an everlasting love and I've drawn you with my loving kindness. Our life is a response to love. Worship is love responding to love. But the way it works is that love is, so everyone that is made in the image and likeness of God was actually made out of love. Okay, there's this weird thing I started thinking the other day. How did you come into this world? The process was called love making. But no, it was called love making. Whether it is whether now the world is so broken that we don't know how to mix it. But somehow, even that process, whoever used that word to call love making, even if it's in the erotic sense, they were touching into an essence that that erotic word can only scratch the surface. But the point is, everyone that got here got here by love for love. Now, hold that thought. The first point, everyone in this world today was created from God. God is love. And you need love to survive. So the first problem in the world today is God placed us in a home. Ideally, you're born into a home. And in that home, there is father and mother. Let me tell you guys, the ring that is holding your father and mother today, that this ring I wear, is actually a metaphor for the Trinity. This ring... Uh, is, this, is a metaphor for the Trinity. So what is saying that I'm an expression of God to my children and my wife is an expression of God to my children. So we see the beauty of both sides of God fully expressed to the children. And here is what it means. There are, there are parts of scriptures where the Bible speaks of God being the mini-breasted one. Yeah. Right? Speaking of God with a feminine attribute because God is not necessarily all these pronouns that we've used to box him. Please, let's not reduce, let's allow the mystery of God not to be limited to one pronoun. So God is a spirit. He's not a gender. So, but within each and every one of us, the agenda, every expression of the gender taps into the essence of him. So first of all, when you hear things like, there's a way Lily cares for the kids that are so unique to them as a, um, to, to the, their relationship. You understand? There's a way I am with the boys that is very unique to the way I am with them. The point is that I'm an expression of God's love. So is their mom. But in that world, there is a ring. Both of us holding hands to raise them, their world of love is complete. If for any reason one of us is deficient enough or broken not to be present, that love will be absent for them. So many of us who grew, who grew up in subtly dysfunctional families have a broken notion of love. You are not formed well. So any child that is not born into that place of love, where they encounter love, you see divorce, that's why God says, God frowns at divorce. It's not that God rejects the divorced people. 
No, God doesn't reject the divorced people. But God understands the implication of divorce and he would rather not. But some things are so bad that they have to go. So we understand it. But let's not project that God's intention was, so not, was not much for that brokenness. But my point is, if you are raising a child in a dysfunctional setting, that child becomes defective. Think about how you grew up. Maybe yours is different or not so. If you were raised by a physically present father who is emotionally absent, that person will build into your life something called the father wound. So in storytelling, there's something we call the core wounds. The core wound is that if you're crafting a story, uh, for you to make that story interesting, wound them. Yes, wound them. And once you wound that man, I can tell you his trajectory. So sometimes the hero will be a, an orphan and somebody will not pick him and raise him. Do you know any story like that? Sometimes the hero will kill his girlfriend or kill his wife. That is the core wound. So once they, once they kill his girlfriend, the story is now a revenge. So then we don't see the hero, we're not going to train. They will not tie something, it's time for it to take back. That's actually it. Every life is determined by the core wound. Yeah, your core wound is literally almost a self-fulfilling prophecy. So any child who was born in the absence of a father's love or a mother's love, we can only hope that as a community, they find to know God's love that can compensate for that. But more often than not, there is a gap in their lives that have to be filled. So they show up lacking something. So if a father is not, and there is not just mother and father being present, it's mother and father being wholly present. Because some of them are present, but they are not whole. Some of us, our parents are expert at backhand compliments. If only, you, you, are, you are good, but this is your father's head. So, no. No, by the time they use you, and then when the war starts in a marriage, sometimes the kids are now the, the battle or the weapon. You understand? To pay school fees, you feel the tension. You'll be feeling the tension. Say, these people are not together because the school fees go late. And this person is now saying, you, you have to... And then you're thinking, what is going on here? The child knows when the home is not home because he picks it up in himself. Now, one of my friends, she's a teacher here in Lekki, and she told me a story of a young boy that is in her class. The guy is so smart. Leading the class, first, 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 and one day the guy just came detached. He would sit in the class, he would be staring into the wall endlessly. She tried to engage him, no luck. She now wrote, tried to reach the mom. She couldn't reach the mom. Nobody wasn't going, nothing was happening. She now sort of like found a way. Then one day a nanny came, but the nanny brought him to school, and the nanny was pregnant. And she gave the nanny a note, right? She gave the nanny a note, please, I need to see her, his dad, right? The man finally came to see her. And she said, he's not been very well with the boy. The father said, oh, I noticed too. I'm working on it. And um, he's, trying, he's trying to cope. His mom left. We're no longer married. And she said, okay, I see. Um, but the, the, the narrative she was saying was that the man, the man was responsible for that other child. And the child was not just dealing with the absence of his mother. He was dealing with the replacement of his mom, with the nanny that used to take care of him. So the world fractured, right? So they, I know they wanted to get him a therapy. Like they had money, so money was not the problem. So they wanted to try and fix it. But I'm saying she's a, side, she's a child psychologist. They will read from a child. If a child that used to be very outward going suddenly becomes withdrawn, sometimes there is an indication that something has been tampered or touched. And one of the unspoken secrets in Lagos is abuse. There is abuse of all kinds, insects, nanny to child, child to everything. Right, even now, 12-year-olds have been sexualized. 
right? Parents are struggling to find out what, how to deal with it. So there is a bit, that's why the world is complex. But if you were born in a, in a home that has not a holistic sense of love, what you find here is that under, you feel that love is missing in your life because you're not aware of love. So let's build into this first pyramid of love. I will put here um, the illusion of the absence. Mona, you just forgive all this grammar. You understand it. Illusion of the absence of love. I'm very deliberate with the word illusion of the absence of love. Illusion because love is never absent. It's only the illusion that love is absent. So once you build into this illusion of absence of love, it's already laid down here, right? Now once you build on this, do you know the next layer after this illusion of the absence of love? Anybody? When a child is born not having that love, you've ruined, that problem starts. This particular layer, the second greed, is called unworthiness. And 95% of the world is predicated on unworthiness. So this is what it is. Every, all your life will become a transaction to end love. So when you get into this place of unworthiness, you can't be holding a relationship. You can't share best friend. And yet you guys are the same gender. Because in your own mind, to be shared is to be lost. So you are forever dealing with all kinds of solical insecurities. And it's not so much about the other person. It's that there is a missing thing. There is something here. Unworthiness is, the, is, is what the world has laid. And if you carry unworthiness into your career, everything you do is to earn something. Now, on unworthiness, the next greed is all symptoms, everything you want to talk about. There is a sense of, here, sometimes an overwhelming sense of shame, guilt, insecurity, and all of those things. When you follow it up to the pyramid, you also find that at this point in time, you now start finding things like depression, um, suicidal ideation or thoughts. It doesn't mean they're not successful. Even in the midst of success, if this is still the foundation of your pyramid of meaning, you will forever become vulnerable to the suicidal thoughts. Every failure will get to your heart and every success will get to your head because you need the success to feel worthy and you need the, the failure makes you feel less worthy. Right, so this is the pyramid of meaning and this is why the world is depressed because love is missing, unworthiness is registered. Insecurity and all of these things are there. Now, when, what are, you are going to date these people. I'm actually sorry that most of us are these people. And you are going to, you're going to find the tension in love. Somehow, there's a lot of, the, the, the relationship will be like a tornado. You understand? It will be tough because it's not so much, they are also a victim of something that they never contributed to. They were born into something that didn't shape them well. So you meet them and you judge them, but they are not just victims. They are not the enemy. Behind every villain is a broken child. Many people today you call adults are broken children working on adults. Half the world are broken children working on adults. So if you meet them at work, if you, if you know that you don't have this, here you, you will find that there are different things that will now start. The Bible now, Paul was writing, Paul said for all that, are, that is in the world, there are three things he listed. What are they in that scripture read? He said there is what? The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and what? The pride of life. Now, he listed all three. Why is the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life? Why is it important? Literally, almost all of those things are externally oriented. So, the lust of the eyes means that you get fixated on the fact that if I achieve, I am. So, your meaning is external to you. Because there is a sense that you don't have. So even when you show up in your career, you can't stand somebody as good as you. 
Because any success is a threat to your what? But you don't understand. You're trying to fix it. That's why we have a lot of therapy. If the therapy doesn't get here, uh, that therapy is not healing anything. And many therapy, they stop here. Managing shame management. So they will be managing your shame. But what is feeding your shame is a sense of unworthiness. And what is feeding you unworthiness? It's the absence of, an illusion of the absence of love. So you are managing shame. So all these self-help books, some of them are here. They say seven ways to break shame. Tell yourself in the morning, I'm not ashamed. <laughs> Face the day and tell yourself, yeah, write it and be bold. Look your boss in the eye and say that I'm worthy. <laughs> now, <laughs> brother, that now, that now symptom arrangement, it doesn't deal with the core issues. Because you know that you're saying it at the mouth level, but the heart is still void of meaning. Now, there is another pyramid here, right? And this interesting one mm, is easily where most Christians are. So most Christians too, they, we start with, I told you guys, we established two things, love for God and love of God. Interestingly, the Bible did not say the love for God is not incompatible with the love of the world. It actually said it's the love of God that is incompatible with the love of the world. So let's establish it. What does it mean? That means if you start with love for God, your greed is not going to be far from this. It will be a parallel. We're going to crack it now. Let's start with your love for God. So all along, they told us the gospel we received was, if you give your life to Christ, you will be, you'll be saved. God will keep you away from hell. Do you love God? Are you still lost in and, and, and flirting? You should be ashamed of yourself by the grace of the Lord. The cross comes to give you, to redeem you for shame, but half the time, the gospel here, if you start with love for God, love for God is not the gospel. Right? Guys, if this thing is shocking, you want to wait first. Love for God. Why love for God is actually not the gospel is that love for God puts you as the originator of your salvation. Yes, so it begins in you. What you do for God. You understand? So let me tell you how it plays out. You're, when you enter this level, you come into unworthiness. You are actually, you understand that, okay, sin has been dealt with on one level. But your worthiness here, so there's worthiness, but it's what I call end worthiness. So, end worthiness doesn't play very different. End worthiness, if I show up in church and I'm, I'm a worker, the Lord is good with me. In fact, in this place, your virginity will become a badge of salvation. Because you're saved by your chastity. And guys, please, let's not even, it's good to be chaste. Keep it for the Lord. And for the right person. But my point again is that if it becomes, if your, if your love for God is the pyramid of your meaning, your entire attempt will be, how do I achieve more for God? So in this worthiness and worthiness, there is worthiness there, but it's worthiness by any. So most of our parents, now yeah, then they they did digging deep on Monday. Go fishing on Tuesday. Faith clinic on Wednesday. Thursday, deliverance ministry. Friday, vigil into Saturday. Saturday, officiating wedding. <laughs> then Sunday, you not go with them to church. They start at nine. They only then they return five o'clock. Because after church, particularly PKs. PKs here are pastor's kids. Because after service, there's a service after service. So you return home for house fellowship just in time for cell meeting. And cell meeting, now you they set up chair. And you don't be slow because your father says, what is wrong with you? People are going to be here very soon. You don't understand that they are doing it for the Lord. So you are, you are actually going through the motions. But your father's belief is that this is how God will reward my kids. This is how it is supposed to be. 
So in this greed of meaning, they never know peace. This is works. So you enter works here. This is works. This is legalism. This is religion. Once you begin, so religion begins with everything you need to do for God to get God to approve of you. Approval becomes something you earn, not something you have. Right? And if you follow this thing here, some of them, now yeah, they, when they, now yeah, they, some of them sometimes they stop going to church. This place, eh, you have PTDS, post-traumatic syndrome from church. So some people are just returning after five years. This is the problem. They did church so much that there was no life. It was all about activity. But there was not so much spirituality. So the activity replaced spirituality. It wasn't a stand, your spirituality wasn't about being. It was about doing. And activities was just what it was. So once you come into this place of all of these things, you, you realize that's, that's, yeah, it builds into tension. This place too, you find that escapism. At this point in time, all they want to do is to die and go to heaven. Like, hold your salvation. Because you don't, you, that is the reward. My brother, I, there is nothing on it. All you need to do is to hold it, preserve your, fight for your salvation. So your salvation is yours to keep. Now make it a break. Because salvation was not yours to be kept, was not yours to keep. You were kept by salvation. Because Christ was, is the salvation, right? So this greed of meaning produces virtually the same thing. Now, if you come here, people pursue fame on this greed. Because for them, fame is how they be. If fame becomes, maybe if I'm famous enough, I'll be acceptable and loved. So in this particular place, the person's ministry becomes their greed. If I have a big ministry, I will be respected. So they, they sacrifice their families on the altar of ministry. Some even have sacrificed their children and their wives on the altar of ministry so that it will be big enough and they'll be respected. So most of these mega church pastors, internally they are depressed because the greed of meaning has always been the more I am, the more I do, the more I am. Right? Now let's create a third greed. So this is greed one or pyramid one, pyramid two. This is the pyramid of love that gives us the gospel and particularly union life. So first of all, we begin here. Not, not necessarily our love for God. But like Paul said, Mr. Paul read here, he said, he was deliberate. Paul said the love of God constrained. He didn't say the love for God. He said the love of God. And he says that the love of God is incompatible with the love of the world. When you begin your life with the fact that you are loved by God, your life takes on a whole new meaning. So let's construct this grid. This is love of God. What love of God means is that long before you were born, God, God loved us and chose us in him. Before you ever messed up, before you ever made an attempt to flirt, to cheat, to make a mistake, love was the, dean, was, the, was the goal. So love doesn't come to us as something we earn. Love comes to us as something given. So we begin, so today our identity is not achieved. Our identity is realized as from our belovedness. So Jesus knew this. That was why the day he was baptized. A word came and said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased, validating that thing in the world. And he said, my father loves me. My father has given the world to me. If you begin with the love of God, you are not trying to end the love. This is what it means. The love says this is what the gospel is. So the gospel is not about a love. We, it's not a love we achieve. It's about the love that found us. So in this gospel, God becomes the active agent of salvation. And in this gospel, remember the, the lost coin, the lost sheep, and the lost, um, all those lost. 
One of the mysteries of the love, right? One of the mysteries of the love is that you find the father's response or the father's initiation. So in the, in the love lost coin, the, the sheep, the lost sheep, for instance, it was the shepherd that went looking for the sheep. Because the sheep oftentimes doesn't even know he's lost. The sheep is lost in this. This is what, um, what, what um, the matrix called the blue pill. Is it the blue pill or red pill? Blue pill. You are conditioned. Do you know you can spend 40 years, 100 years here? This place is stimulus and response. There is no awareness. It's just, okay, um, apply for a job, bam. Uh, apply for promotion, bam. Another job, bam. Canada, everywhere they go. Canada, okay, now USO. Uh, like your life is a, is, a, is a flow. Your life is a trend. It's not rooted in an essence of who you are. It's all a pursuit to attain, to achieve, to become. And no one, is, no one can find true joy in that way. That's why we're depressed. Because life doesn't come to us as something we earn. It's already given. The gospel is not about what you need to do for God. It's realizing what he has done for you. In this particular place, God has accomplished it. So the Bible says that, for we are complete in Christ. Right? We are complete in Christ. We are not trying to attain completion. For the gospel is a declaration of what God has done in Christ. The word is called kerygma. Kerygma, the closest to kerygma is announcement. Announcement, ladies and gentlemen, I'm about to announce to you, Tyson Fury is the world everywhere's champion. Everybody, behold Tyson Fury. Now, did you contribute to his victory? No. That's what the Bible, the gospel is. Ladies and gentlemen, behold, sin has been conquered. Death has been conquered. Humanity, you are now free. Christ has brought the conquest for you. Here is the trophy. Give it to them. And you're giving the trophy. My point is, it's not about, hey, humanity, come now and work out your salvation. The only work is the working to realize that you are saved. It's not working to attain salvation. So in this place, what comes next is worthiness. Once you begin with the love of God, worthiness is the next layer. Worthiness not end, but worthiness received. So that I am not more because I do more. I am. And that's enough. Do you know, enlightenment age, all those men, frustration. Because enlightenment, Descartes, what is Descartes now? Started this whole, I am, I think, therefore I am. So if you're intelligent, you, so one of them wrote a book titled, um, how was that book again? The Age of Reason. And it was like the war of the world will be over if we replace all this riffraff with intelligent men. That war will be over because they were fighting World War I, World War II. You guys said, this is the problem. All intelligent men are leading us. We need responsible intelligent men. They put intelligent men there. Those ones invented nuclear weapon so that the war will be easily finished. It wasn't to exit war. It was to annihilate. So my point is that if you settle for, I think, therefore I am, your entire grid of meaning will revolve around your intelligence. So the day you meet people who are smarter than you, you implode because you lost your essence. You, your, your intelligence is something to achieve. And most parents, uh, when you are in that place, uh, if you're here, our parents are living in an idol of the Nigerian culture. Mm, the biggest idol here by traditional culture is children. So our parents derive their words from their children. So here you're the badge of honor. That's why they're, they're trying to get you married. <laughs> Even against your own wish. Because the point is that it is going to look good. They don't know that they're selfish. They actually tell, they gaslight you that you're the selfish one. Others are bringing people. See where we are. Two cousins that are younger than you now. They've moved. Grandchildren all over the place. Me, 60 plus. I've not carried anything. Mama, 
will carry something make you any more than you are? You already are. But don't go and tell them that, oh, please, this one. I don't want trouble. Please. But my point is that they invite you into the attention and project the attention on you. So you, you are just now trying to date Tom, Dick, and Harry because you're like, well, the time is going to tell you, have you seen yourself lately? Is that gray on your hair? This test is coming too fast, though. And they're helping you, programming you. They are a victim of programming. So our parents, and that's why if you're not born, if you're not a Christian enough for them, they're worried. Because you're the badge of honor. So you have to follow them to church. Some of you are hiding that you come to tribe. Because they say, where, who ordained them? What is it? You know, they ask you seven questions. You understand? So you're saying, <laughs> so you're running, yeah. So, you know, one of our friends told us that she, her father visited her and she was listening to sermon that Sunday because she didn't come to church. And that was the place I was seeing one of those table-breaking things. <laughs> the father said, what is that? She was like, sorry, daddy. She was like, she yeah, fed you. I thought today was not day, day. I thought we are done with table breaking. I said, I didn't know. So at the end of the day, <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, you know, some of those things, our parents are living under the pressure of culture. They, are, they idolize children so that you, are, you succeed makes them more. So 35 and no car. Oh no, somebody did something. You know, their first question, why did I get it wrong? Who even told you that car makes me more? But you need a cash. So, 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 but my point is that it's not about it's not about borrowing all of those pressure. So once they come, that you live unhappy lives, not because unhappiness is happiness is not achieved. Happiness is, but happiness has become outsourced because we don't understand that we live from inside out. So all of us are now in a race to achieve, to accomplish, and it's not bad because you have to have something you pursue. But that's not what makes you more. You are. So if you come with enlightenment greed, I think, therefore I am, every girl you date has to sound smart. Just a date and she said, what's Arsenal? <laughs> that was the last time you, you, you replied, say, my brother, I don't understand. I'm like, you know, but you shall know some things. You know? <laughs> so at the end of the day, you are, your, your entire, your entire what of, your entire meaning is around who they sound smart, who they sound smart. So such people, eh, they have masters, but they're not done. They need to go to Harvard because how do you now know that you, are, you have to get to the peak of the ladder? You stop at MSc and that your cousin now has doctor and he's not a medical doctor. If the doctor was achieved from PhD, you enter race. So some people have two masters and they're not done. You understand? Because somehow it's not about the masters, it's the absence of meaning that is pursuing them. They thought the masters would supply meaning. Nothing supplies meaning. Meaning is realized in Christ. So while we are pursuing these things, brother, this is why Lagos is broken. This is why culture is broken. You will date and date. If, if your dating is rooted in an illusion of absence of love, that relationship, you, the guy will under pressure. You'll be telling the babe, say, my friends, their girlfriend, they call them twice a day. I mean, only WhatsApp. Now that, I be, what if WhatsApp not day? We're not going to love. No. Because your own pattern is that, the pressure is that she's not doing enough. And you're comparing your girlfriend with every other girlfriend. If you think it's somebody to sort that guy, you better just buy a shoe. The girl, they love the guy. My own, I don't understand how they do this thing. No, let me, they give, they give, they give. But you shall give. <laughs> let it be mutual, outloving, and outgiving. But when two broken people meet, the problem has started. Though. Every day, therapy, therapy, tension, tension. Everybody, they, and you now, you now have two broken friends. So they, yeah, so when they tell you that, you said, you know, that, he said, that your boyfriend, you don't notice it. Anytime he snap picture in his office, there is that girl. That girl, notice the same girl. Now look his page. Look his page. They will help you put up your, 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 your issues. 
So help you sum up your insecurities and make it a thing. You know, see, there's that person that's always hovering around you. And when you call the boys, unfortunately, you know how these things work. You'll just be hearing voice in the background. See, who is with you? I mean, I mean, I said, who is there? I'm hearing voices. So it's not so much about the person. And before long, the person will not start trying to be smart. When they want to pick up, they go look, say, who they are. And because when you pick, when they pick up, the place is too quiet. You say, where you enter? <laughs> because it can't just be too quiet. So you have to, there has to be some noise. But the, so that they know that your, your life is not constructed. Your life is authentic. It's not constructed. You are just, so you don't enter one place. No, I'm not a day toilet now. <laughs> Why do you always pick toilet? Do you know say anytime I call you in the toilet, they pick up? So that nobody go hear whether somebody won't babe day. My point is, it's not like these things don't exist. Though. But both the guys doing it and the girls doing it, they're all a, frag, a product of a programming that they can need to heal from. So if we, don't, if we begin from love, worthiness is the last layer. We are worthy. And if, you don't, if, if, it's, if it's not, I am, therefore I am. It's that God is, therefore you are. It's not, I think, therefore I am. And you know, I think, therefore I am not trouble. The other one is, I feel, therefore I am. Let's not go there. That table is so strong. I want to sleep after no sleep. You know, my point is, if feeling is the source of meaning, you follow pleasure to the ends of the earth. You will do things, compromise. You will even change orientation for that one. Because all you want to do is pleasure, therefore I am. Pleasure can't be the basis for meaning. Feelings is just too flirting to give you a greed. Feeling is fickle. Feeling is programming, you know. Do you know feeling is programming? Put yourself, you know, some of them where they love now. See, Bernard, I have loved Bernard. I am enough. No, but the point again is that it is good. That's what we hope for. That's what we love. But my point is that if you are, if you are, if maybe you are coming from a church where any cockroach, in the name of Jesus, Father, I bind, Father, I cast. So now you are not, you know, you are no longer killing things. Living things are not an expression of the Father's love around you. No, she's still killing cockroaches. But it's okay. The point again is that even when you see them, they're not there to kill you. Yeah, do you know, growing up, I have neighbors. I must confess that I joined sometimes. We killed cats. Yeah, because the, the Palm of Strange Handbook we're reading, they show us seven ways they come. So, no, trust me, somersault. We, we did not only somersaulted them in the place of prayer, we somersaulted them indeed with stones. And I, I'm sure people will be looking for my, my cat just strayed away and, you know, and, like, and the blacker, the better to kill. Because they're like, hey, he's black, he's black. Then suddenly, our parents, I never, some people every night, they hear things for window. Something is crying, something is crying. No, again, consciousness produces. But my point is, fear is not natural. Fear is a product of unworthiness. Fear thrives when you feel unworthy. Right, so once you come into this greed, you, your meaning is you take away and nothing gives you your, your identity but the belovedness that you are in Christ. Nothing gives your life meaning but that you already are in Christ. So the gospel tells us it's not, so that's why it's important. The gospel does not begin with what you believe about God. The gospel begins with what God believes about you. Because if you believe something about that God is good, it's okay. But the day you realize that God thinks you're good, you cross. Some of us never made it to what God thought about us. We started with, what do you think about God? He's my father, yes. But do you know you're his son? That God thinks you're worthy of his love. Do you know God looks at you and cherishes you? He treasures you. See the scripture, who read that scripture? 
Um, it can be read that sweet scripture. You are the delight of God. So we, we, we know that God is not tolerating us. You know, you're not on probation. You're in your father's arms. Like you're embraced by the greatest love of all. So you show up in life, you're able to show up. Your creating is not a, an attempt to assuage. You're not creating in the world so that you become more. You're creating because you already are. And your, creative is, your creation is actually an expression of love. If you, if you do anything other than that, life will be about escaping. Work will be an escape, not an expression. Because you not already are. So once you put everything here, love, compassion, everything comes into this. You're enough. You're adequate. This entire world takes you to this place, joy, peace. More joy in your life is not more stuff. More joy in your life is not another romantic relationship. More joy in your life is not another fire. More joy in your life is first the realization that the one that supplies joy has become your life. And that joy is an inside job. Love is not first attained. It has been given. You are in love. You are loved. You are held by love. Your love incarnate. Love has found expression in you. All of us here are expressions of love. You are not in this world to be liked more, approved, accepted by people who don't even accept themselves. You understand? So why are you looking to people to give you what they don't have? Because they haven't realized it. What about if we show up knowing this about ourselves, that the next person you meet that is threatened by you is not your enemy. He's just a broken child playing to the greed of their, their pyramid of love. And that's what's playing out. So every time you don't copy them in an email, they say, you, 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 you couldn't have forgotten my email. I know the plan in this office. I'm seeing all of you. I'm watching you. My God is not asleep. They're threatening you with God. <laughs> yeah, they're threatening you with God. I even told someone, someone said, my angel will beat up your angel at night. <laughs> That's what you get when you talk. The whole understanding of God's child is at war. So my point is, eh, suddenly life becomes a hostel. And so let's talk about how Lagos plays to the script. You know, if you're in Abuja, the idol of Abuja is your father's name. It's from the, the power that the family wants. Because I believe all those men that dealt with this country. Right, well, okay, guys, I know some of us are coming from there. But again, those pow the powers that be. What's your son's name? I didn't say, oh, I want to be friends with you. Yeah. But we'll think about it. Right? So, but if you're coming from all those, those rich generals, that all these admiralty is their name. Yes, admiralty, this admiral, admiral. Of the Admiralty is Nemo. They bought this lucky before we came. That's why I haven't gotten land in Lagos now. <laughs> Babylon holds the key. But we are turning things around. You know, I just make that thing happen. Go and negotiate again. So at the end of the day, if that is your greed of meaning, if you're coming from a place like Abuja, because every generation has a sense of how they cope, right? The first way is that there is a problem of attachment in these places. There is no attachment here. Things don't enhance you. Things don't enslave you. You don't need things to feel, be, do. Things are just things to give. The way you love people and love things from here is different. People are not tools to use. In this place, they love things and use people. Because love is not on their greed. So they use, they, 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 if they are generous, they are generous to get into that place. And once they are in, they are done. So, where are we? Are you, are you pyramid one, pyramid two, pyramid three? 
You won't answer in your head because we did church. The first question I'll ask you, what's your biggest nightmare? What is that thing in life today that if you don't achieve it, will make life lose its meaning? If you want to write it, it will tell you, this is what I call the x-ray of your heart. This is actually the x-ray of your heart. This pyramid is already encoded in your heart. You know what St. Augustine defined as sin? St. Augustine defined as sin as disordered love. Although he was speaking of disordered love from the context of that century, disordered love was that you love things least that you should love the most. So the first love was love God with all your heart and with all your might and then everything follows so that if you don't love God, everything else can be broken. To break two and ten, two to ten, you must have broken one or two. So the love of God is the first the base. So St. Augustine said love is the basis. Disordered love is sin. If you love your girlfriend, love your girlfriend more than you love God, trouble. But let's sweep it into the union way. What about if we agree with St. Augustine? That sin is actually disordered love. But it's disordered love by where you source for love. What about if it's not about the love, about loving God more? But when we fail to realize that God loves us enough, so that our first source of meaning is that we are loved by God, but we forget that one, we now seek love from people. That is the disordered love. If the base of your pyramid is not the love God has for you, everything will crumble. Right? So if you are seeking love from people, that love will not be adequate, it will not be complete because they don't support, nobody completes you. You must come complete. So love shared in relationship is beautiful when two whole people are loving together, living together. So disordered love is our problem. But the first realization is that you're loved by God, you're enough. And let that be the basis of your definition of self. Your nightmares are just one awakening away. Realize you're enough. Say, I'm enough. enough. I'm complete. complete. Your job doesn't complete you. Even if you don't create another hit music, you already are. The heat doesn't a man make. The heat does not validate how much of a talent you are. You're talented. But your talent is not your worth. You're worthy. If you choose not to write a bestseller, you're still worthy. But please write a bestseller. Write because it's an expression of your father's love. Don't write to earn anything. Write to give. We're here to express love. Not to take world love. The world can't give you love. That's why he's saying it's incompatible. If you're a Christian and you're still seeking love the world's way, tension will still be part of your reality. The depression you see, you, you are battling, is a greed problem. You feel something else will complete, attain, complete you, fulfill you. Nothing fulfills, nothing attains, not even one million dollars. Some people, if I say, if I give one million dollars here, your problems are over, put up your hand. I know some people put up their hand. But brother, some people have that one million dollars sitting in their account. They neither have girlfriend or life. Purpose is not there. Money doesn't answer the question of purpose. It is the revelation of God's love that answers that need. There are five things. There's identity, there's significance, there is meaning, there's success. All of these things are answered by this place. What is your source of identity? Is it that you're loved by God or you have a good job or you have a great degree or, you, or you're what you ride or you're where you live? You are not what you ride, you're not where you live. You're enough. And when you begin to create from a place of completion, the world is beautiful because you can call their bullshit. And the world, like, the world is intimidated by people who know themselves. The world wants everybody to be a clone. This whole capitalism bubble is a predator. It preys on your vulnerabilities, heightens your insecurity. So now your CV, you have five CVs. 
based on where it applies. You know, it's smart though, because the world will tell you it's smart. But you will lose yourself because when they say, no, I, I didn't put data science. Well, hold on, because it was not a data rule. You, you have to not check. There is nothing to hide. If you lie, your greed is a problem. If you're telling if a perennial liar, how do you call it? Perennial, or oh, there's a word, pathological liar. The pathological liar is afraid of telling the truth because you lose the acceptance of people. So, a, a love problem, they can't even lie. Where, where you day? They can't answer that one. Because the last time they answered it, their father never came back. See, you, when you're raising children, don't just tell them, I'm coming, I go. You're building into them a sense of mistrust. Somebody's telling them at the corner, they say, where are you going again? Some of you are so attached. Friend, visit. Stay now. Friend, visit. Where did they rush now? You just come. Traffic never finished. And that sense of attachment is actually a symptom because you are not whole enough to be present and not attached. Guys, let's pray. God's love cures, it heals, redeems, restores. Our pyramid of meaning begins with our Father's love for us. You can log on to thetribelagos.com or email us at hello at thetribelagos.com. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter on The Tribe Lagos. God bless.